that I've been really convicted this afternoon. And I told Miss Leanne I just needed her to pray for me that I don't absolutely just come apart here for just a minute. <clears throat> but, you know, I, I come to camp and I go places and I encourage others to just be real. Be real with the Lord. Be real in your relationship. So I just want to be really real with you for just a minute. And this afternoon I was really convicted that I haven't um, represented Christ well in, how, in my lack of love. So I want to confess that to you tonight, and I'd like to ask you to forgive me if in any way I have failed to show you or speak to you how much Jesus loves you. Because last night, when I asked you the question to you who is Jesus, and I read through some of your answers, and I got a blank piece of paper, which let me know that some, somebody in here doesn't know. Several of you don't know Jesus, like I know Jesus. And what I do know about him is that he is love. Now, hear what I'm saying and hear what I'm not saying. He loves you. He loves me. So much that he went to that cross and said, I'll die for her. Beat me, spit on me, put nails in my hands and my feet and leave me here in this hot sun, I'm going to die for her. That's how much he loves you and me. Okay? But he also hates sin. And he's both. He's perfect and pure and righteous and loving and holy. And God cannot look on sin. So I wanted to just in a very quiet, calm voice tell you that Jesus loves you. It doesn't matter how dirty you feel. It doesn't matter how many things you've done wrong. He loves you. Scripture tells us in Romans chapter 8 that there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. He loves you. And I wanted to be sure that I didn't leave that unsaid. Okay? Because sometimes, as I was just confessing to Miss Leanne in the back, <clears throat> my love for the truth, because I love the truth, I love the Word of God. I love to challenge you and push you to do hard things and encourage you when you do those hard things. When you're brave and courageous and bold, I want to clap for you and I'm going to be your loudest cheerleader. And sometimes I come across hard. So I want to ask you to forgive me because I don't want to misrepresent Savior. Okay? So we're going to pray, and then we get to our teaching tonight, okay? 
Father, thank you. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. That even when we mess up, even when we're hateful or rude, even when we're unkind, God, you still love us. God, I want to represent you well. I want to show these girls and teach these girls truth, but I also want them to see and to know that you are the God of love. So much that you were willing to lay down your life for me and for them. Now, God, I ask you to just remove me from me. Don't let me say anything here, Lord, that's not straight from you. I am your megaphone. Give these, Lord, give these girls wisdom. Help them to understand the truths that I share with them tonight. God, help them to leave here changed and on fire for you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay? All right. Now, so when I was kind of going back through where I wanted to start and where we wanted to pick up. So last night, I shared with you Jesus, who he is, how he's the, the most, how what you think about him matters more than anything else, whether you know him, and many of you answered that question very well, and I can't wait to spend eternity with you. And some of you aren't sure, and some of you are sure that you don't know Jesus. So I want to meet you where you are again tonight, and I want to take you just a little bit further, okay? I do want to give you a set of scripture to look over with your counselors, and it's in 1 John, it's all the way towards the back of the Bible, 1 John chapter 1, and I want to read um, a few verses starting in chapter 1 and verse 5. Okay? You'll go there with me. 1 John chapter 1. While you're going there, what we're going to talk about tonight is identity. It's kind of a big hot topic word to now, isn't it? Identity. People's sexual identity, what gender they're going to identify with. It's a hot topic. It's everywhere. You can't get away from it unless you just completely unplug and go live in a hole. But what I want to start with tonight is a very clear passage of Scripture. It's pretty easy to understand. So I'm going to let it speak for itself, okay? So here we are in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5. This is the message which we have heard from him, capital H, and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness. Now, listen to this. If we say that we have fellowship with him, meaning if you declare to be saved, if you declare to be a child of God, then listen to this. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. 
you hear that? So if you say one thing with your mouth and yet you walk another way, meaning you practice a different life, your walk and your talk don't match, then you lie. It's pretty simple. Let's keep going. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Wonderful news. Look at verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Okay, because we have all sinned. None are greater. None are greater or lesser. We've all sinned. We've all missed the mark. But here's some more good news. Look at this one right here. And girls, I want you to hear this one. If you're still on the fence and you're trying to decide which way you want to leave this camp this week, I hope this will help you. If you say, well, you just don't know what I've done. I've done too many things. I've watched too many things. I've posted too many things. I've shared too many things. I've experimented with too many things. You don't even know how dirty I am. doesn't matter. He loves you, and this is a great word for you. Listen to what he says. Verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now I'm going to give you a little word picture for what that means in real life. First John, First John to the back. You're probably in the Gospel John. First John one nine is where I was. I'm sorry. If anybody else was there, but I'm going to paint you a word picture about what I was just talking about. Okay. So what I just, I didn't even mean to do that, but the Lord knows He's sovereign over all. But what I just did to you when I came up here and I confessed to you and I told you that I felt like I've been unloving and unkind, that's what confession looks like. Maybe your mom makes you practice that. I know when my kids, my boys, when they're punks, and they're punks all the time. They've been punks today. Y'all probably heard them screaming and wrestling up there in our cabin. But when I, I've trained them and taught them and modeled for them what confession looks like, because it needs to be a part of their everyday not just something Catholics do or people do when they come to the altar. I mean, you've heard confession. It's for all of us because we're all sinners. But the good part, the best part of that verse says that if we confess our sins, meaning when we say to God, I messed up. I told him in my cabin up there today. I came down here earlier and I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, forgive me. First, ask him because he, he matters the most. I care what you think. I, I want you to see Christ in me, but mostly I answer to him. So I ask him first to forgive me. And guess what? I know that he has. He's already forgiven me. I'm free from that sin that I did, the, the sin of being unkind and unloving or rude. I'm, I'm free. That's not a tally mark against me. No longer. Did you see how simple it was? I confessed it to him. 
I admitted what I did wrong, and guess what? I'm going to do my very best to not do that anymore this week. Because when we confess something, it means that we're really sorry that we did it. I want you all to see Christ in me as much as you hear about Christ from me. So confession, we sometimes overcomplicate it. I mean, we make things too hard. When you mess up, admit it. When you do something wrong that you shouldn't have done, ask God to forgive you. Confess it to him and then turn from it. And guess what? He's faithful and just to forgive us. So I want to show you guys something about me. Here's some truths about me. Since we're being real and authentic, I really hope this chair doesn't break. That would be scary. I told more lies as a 7th and 8th grader than I told truth. True, true story. I've been afraid most of my life. I started with spiders in the dark. My mom would sleep with the pantry light on. I didn't want to sleep by myself. My sisters and I slept in the same bed till I was 15 years old. All three sisters in the same size, same full-size bed. It's crowded. I didn't care because I didn't want to be I didn't want to be alone. I was afraid. As I grew up, I got really, really greedy. I had my credit card number memorized, 595-585-274. was my credit card because I wanted stuff. But that was during the season of my life where I wasn't able to have children, and I thought, well, I'm not getting one. I don't have the babies that I want. I'll just buy stuff. Stuff will make me feel better. So I was really, really greedy. And then I got a great job. I had some nice, fancy clothes. I drove a really nice truck one time. Four-door, F-150, loaded, lariat, truck, four-wheel drive. She was nice. Made three payments on it. It was sick every time I wrote the payment. Got convicted and sold it. Got my master's. Got a job. Dream job. I was a spoiled, rotten adult, and I got really proud and haughty. There's some ugly things about me that you didn't know. And you know, I could, I could wear that around my neck. But after a while, it would get pretty heavy. And at times, it did. And at times, I didn't walk like this. I walked like this, or this. Or it would get so heavy, I just wouldn't go places. But then you know what? During that time that I shared with you this morning, when I was on bed rest with Tucker and I was trying to prove God wrong, he reminded me of a few things. That, yeah, maybe at one time I was a liar. And that's how I would have identified myself as a 7th and 8th grader because I was. I was a liar. I practiced lying a lot. And I was fearful. I did not trust the God I believed in. I was more afraid than I was faithful. And at first it was little things like spiders in the dark, but then it was like, well, I was afraid to trust God. I was afraid he wasn't a good God, so I was fearful a lot more than I was faithful to him. So I didn't share Jesus a lot with people because I really didn't believe in him much. 
And then as I got older, like I told you, I just got greedy and I just got really spoiled and really selfish and really wrapped up in myself. And I was idolatry. I was wrapped up in idolatry. I was an idolatrous person. I made idols of myself and my stuff and my cars and my shoes. And I was greedy and I was proud. But on bed rest, as I was thumbing through those scriptures, and I shared one with you this morning about call upon me in the day of trouble, and then I kept flipping through the scriptures. Again, remember I was trying to prove God wrong? And I got over there in the New Testament. And remember I was looking for somebody that I thought might have felt as alone and rejected and broken and messed up as I was. And guess what? I ran head on into Jesus. I got there in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and over and over they tell the same stories. Most of, a lot of them tell the same stories just from a different perspective. And I was reminded that Jesus knew exactly what I felt. Guess who felt rejected? Jesus. Guess who felt very alone a lot of times? Jesus. Did you know a lot of the things that you have felt and experienced? He did too. Again, remember Orange? He was fully man. He was very ordinary in a lot of ways. So I ran head on into Jesus while I was trying to prove God wrong. And I was reminded of who I am in him. Now, I was saved as a young girl when I was in church, probably about the same age as some of you, around 10 or 11. But then I walked away from the Lord. I became a punk teenager. I was a rebellious punk. But God saved me from myself. And during that season of bed rest, Jesus reminded me of something, and I want you to see something, because some of you maybe need reminding. Because, you know, that's something neat about the Scriptures. Over and over and over, Jesus reminds us, God reminds us, of what a forgetful people we really are. Guess what? You know what I was reminded of while I was on bed rest with Tucker? God doesn't see those sins anymore. God didn't see me as a liar anymore. God didn't see me as a greedy, proud, afraid girl anymore because of Jesus. When the scriptures say he clothes us in righteousness, he washes us white as snow. He cleanses us of all unrighteousness. Girls, look at me. You see this white sheet? You see how clean I am? That's how God the Father sees you once you come to Christ and you surrender your life to him. He doesn't see your scars from where you've cut yourself. He doesn't see the secret sins that you have that nobody else knows about. He doesn't see how depressed you were. He sees his son. He sees righteousness. He sees clean. A clean heart 
like we talked about today, now fit for heaven. So here's what I want to say to you. Once you come to Christ, this is how God sees you. This is not how we feel a lot of times. We don't feel clean. We don't feel pretty and white on the inside, do we? We don't. Which is why confession is so important. And that's why I showed it to you, because it can really be that simple. You say to God the Father, God, I'm sorry. You know, we have the model prayer over in Luke, and many of you quoted at your ball games, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know what, God didn't, he didn't give us that passage of scripture just to memorize and say at ball games. It's a model. It's like a skeleton. It's like a great outline of how we should pray. So we praise him. We thank him for who he is. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, say the rest of it to me. What does it say? Some of you are saying it? You know the part where it says, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Look, that's what you're doing. When you say that part, that's what that part means. Father, forgive me today for being unkind. Forgive me today for being self-righteous. Forgive me today for thinking I got all my crap together and poor pitiful her, she just don't know what she's doing. She's a mess. So are you. So am I. But thank God goodness. Thank goodness, God and his grace, that amazing grace that you sang about today in dining hall, that grace, he didn't have to give us these things, but he did. So now, I'm no longer this person. Because of Jesus, I'm clothed in his righteousness. So when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. Now, do I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. Nor will you. But I want you to know that when you mess up, and you will, that doesn't mean you're disqualified. That doesn't mean you've fallen. Because again, Miss Leanne talked about that. When Jesus, when he writes your name in the Lamb's Book of Life, he wrote it in pen, not in pencil. Yes? Well, you, we, we will continue. That's what you call the sanctification process. When we continually ask God to forgive us of our sins, is that what you're asking? Is it necessary? Yeah, it is. Because you know what's going to happen? When you come to Christ, if you've been saved, that's a great question, and thank you for being brave enough to ask a question. When you come to Christ, what that means is that you're immediately set right with God. You're justified, meaning God the Father can now look at you. Because you remember last night when I was said we were separated from God? Our sin separates us. So those of you who don't know Jesus and you're not saved, you're separated right now from the Holy God, and you may not even know it. But Jesus Christ, who died on the cross, has made a way. Pretend like my arm is the bridge. Jesus has made a way for us over here who sinned to be made right by Jesus Christ with the holy God of heaven. So we're made right. We're justified, okay? But for the rest of your life and mine, we're still stuck in this flesh suit. 
So we have to fight. I was talking to one of you here earlier, just before we came in. There's going to be things, and for some of you right now, it's your identity. You're having to fight. Lies versus the truth. The world versus the word. And it's a struggle. Because the world says this. You can just go be whatever you want. You want to be a guy today? Fine. Butch it up. That's what the world says. But the word, the word of God stands and doesn't move and is true. And he says in the beginning God created. And if you go just a few verses in, he created man. And then he looked for him. A partner because he said it's not good for man to be alone and he looked through all the beasts that he had created and none of them were fitting so what did he do he causes Adam to go to sleep this is not a fairy tale it's not a Cinderella story he causes Adam to go to a deep sleep and he takes a rib and he creates Eve we had Adam and Eve if God had wanted it any other way he would have done it you're not going to hear that in the world. But I'm here to tell you tonight the truth. And let me tell you something else. Sometimes the truth hurts. Let's pretend like you've been diagnosed with cancer. Okay? And they, they found a knot somewhere in your skin, and you've got to have that cancer cut out. Okay? Well, first, you've gotten word of cancer. That's a terrible thing, okay? And you know what? In order for you to get well, you've got to be cut. You know what? That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm speaking truth to you, and sometimes the truth hurts. It hurts when a surgeon has to cut to remove a cancer from a person's body. But once it's taken out and cut, cut and taken out, then guess what can begin? The healing process. So I'm speaking truth to you tonight that our sin separates us from the holy God of heaven. But Jesus Christ made a way. And yes, we will have to fight and we will have to continue to ask the Lord to forgive us for the things that we've done. Now let me take that one step further. Should we keep having to ask God to forgive us of the same things? Now, I told lies for too long. Now, I don't tell lies like I used to. Now, do I slip up and exaggerate something every now and then? Yes. And it's true that I usually get a lie bump on my tongue. I don't know if that's a fact or myth. Y'all can research that. But, side note, I don't lie like I used to. I feel convicted. If I say something now that's not truth, I, I want to go make it right immediately. If I tell something that, that somebody corrects me later and says, that's not, that's not true, then I go back to wherever I may have messed up and I go to make that right. So we won't continue to practice those same things, okay? But yes, we will have to fight this flesh suit. What we want to do, what we think's cool, what sounds fun, may not be righteous, okay? So here's what I want to do. I'm going to end here in just a second. So we have a world in crisis. People don't know how to, they don't know how to identify who they are. My question to you tonight was going to be, who are you? Who am I? And I really want you to give that some thought. I want you to write that down. And again, it, it 
pretty much will parallel what you said last night. I asked you last night, who was Jesus? Many of you said he's your Savior. So now I'm not going to ask you to turn anything in tonight, but I do, while you're having a quiet time with the Lord this week at camp, how would you answer that question? Who am I? Whose am I? Okay? Because here's where we find a struggle. Until you know who you are in Christ, you're going to struggle and be confused. And a lot of you tonight, and listen, Miss, Miss Leanne and Miss Angela and I were talking. Y'all listen, you, some of you may be aware of it. Miss Grace and I were talking about There's a war going on. There is an oppression. Some of you are clueless. You don't even know. But some of you who know Christ know what I'm talking about. I have felt it. I have had a struggle all day. And what that is, is the enemy, the devil, doesn't want you to hear these truths. Because if you hear these truths, you might make a change. And instead of living for him, you're going to go out and live for Christ, which is what I'm here to probe you to do. So there's a struggle. There's a, there is a war raging for your souls. And that's why a lot of you feel uneasy or anxious or nervous or sick. There's a battle for your soul. There's a battle for your soul. But if you can answer this question, whose am I? I can say to you with confidence. I can sit on this stool with confidence and say to you, I am a child of God. I am an heir to the throne. I am a sinner saved by grace. I once was a girl enslaved by fear, but now I am faithful because of Christ in me. I'm not afraid to speak the truth because he's worthy. But how do you answer that question? Are you letting the world define you? Do you think your clothes will define you? Are you letting your weight define you? Are you letting how many people follow you on Snapchat or how many likes or shares you get on TikTok define you? Because let me tell you something. If you are, you're on a hamster wheel and you're going to get tired soon. And guess what? There'll be a new social media platform that'll come out and you've worked to build this one and worked to build this one and guess what? They're going to drop you like a hot potato because they're going to move on to something else. That's a rat race with no end. Buying new clothes, guess what? You'll outgrow them. You'll outgrow them. All those fancy clothes that I bought, all those shoes, they're at the thrift store and at a yard sale now. I can't fit in them anymore. All the things that I've earned and all the people I tried to please, I don't even live near them hardly anymore. You see what I'm saying? So if I had let my worth be determined by what I wear, what I do, then I'm always trying to get something else. I'm always trying to show out for somebody else, and it's an exhausting rat race with no end. But because I belong to Jesus, because he determines my worth, I find rest. I have found rest for my soul. And that's what I want to help you do. If you hear me tonight, if you can hear me with your ears tonight, I want you to listen. If you're in a place of turmoil and you're just searching, 
you're just searching and you just want somebody to love you and you just want somebody to acknowledge you and you just want somebody to accept you and welcome you. He's here. And his name is Jesus. And he loves you so much that he was willing to die for you. He has a plan and a beautiful purpose for your life to, glor- and it will, to glorify him. And I'll tell you something. I've never had, even though I just told you it was a struggle, I've never had so much fun in all my life than when I started pursuing what he had for me versus what I thought was to be great for me. Okay? Now, I'm going to give you all a challenge. Where are we at on time? Who's got time? Caroline? Perfect. Here's going to be your challenge tonight, okay? I got a video here. And, um, Ms. Paul, if you want to go ahead and be queuing that video up, we'll start it here in just a second. Um, counselors, I have cardboard in my car. So you can either swing by Peggy or I'll come find you um, or I can bring it to breakfast in the morning, whatever you want to do. I want us to come up with some cardboard testimonies, okay? So I don't know what a cardboard testimony is, but let me tell you. A cardboard testimony is pretty much what I just shared with you It's who you were before Christ and who you have become since finding him, since he found you. Okay? So I want each cabin, there's six, right? I want us to come up, I want you and your cabin to come up with one testimony, what whichever brave soul, and you know what? If you got somebody else and you got multiples, that's fine. But at least six that we can share at our closing program on Friday because cardboard testimonies are super powerful. Now, I'll give you a a side story. So I went to the jail, ministered to the women there for a a lot, and then in my heart I was just like, they got to have something more. I can go to the jail and I can tell them about Jesus and we can pray and all those things and that's fine, but what was happening is, is these women who were in jail, many of them on drugs, Many of them had been abused, sexually assaulted. They had had a lot of horrible things happen to them. And when they would get out of jail, they had no support system. Okay, they had no helpers, no good friends, because they would go right back to where they started. So some other ladies and myself, we got together, we prayed, and God did a supernatural thing. And he gave us a place where we could have a faith-based recovery home for women who had been on drugs or in life-controlling had life-controlling issues. They had some sort of addiction. And so we started this ministry, and it's been wonderful. It's called the Summit of Fort Payne, and if you have people in your life who are addicts and you need a place for them to go, come find me. But one of the things that these women do who come through this program is they share their cardboard testimonies. Many of them will say to you, and the front side of their cardboard will say, I was bound in addiction. And then you flip over the piece of cardboard, and it says, I have found freedom in Christ. Okay? So that's just an example, and I'm going to let Mr. Paul cue this up, and I want each cabin, I want y'all to be thinking and praying. We'll watch, and then we'll close out, okay? The lost. Save the lost souls here tonight. Call them out. Don't let them rest till they find you. For those who aren't walking with you, who are bound, who are not living 
the abundant life that you have for us, Father, who are enslaved to sin and entangled up in lies and deception. God, set them free. Set them free tonight. Give them wisdom. Give them courage to hear the truth and make a move. Help them to respond to the, your call. Jesus, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for the free gift of eternal life that we have. Father, if there be one here now, push them out of their seat. Give them the courage to move. Give them the courage to take that first step towards you. Father, meet them where they are. Give them victory. For the Lord, for the ones who are walking with you, take them next level, Lord. Take them to the next place that you have for them, that next bold step of faith. God, let us not weary in doing good. Help us to make the most of every opportunity for the days are dark. Thank you for this freedom. Thank you for this privilege that we have to meet here in your name. Now, Holy Spirit, do your work in the hearts and the lives of these campers here tonight and throughout the rest of our week. We pray in Jesus' name.